We give you glory. Brado Bohos. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Oh, we thank you. Your word like silver is purified seven times. Your word is pure. We give you glory for your pure word. In the name of Jesus, have your way tonight. Have your way tonight. Have your way, Lord. We give you praise. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you. We want to appreciate you, Lord, for this great opportunity. Said, blessed are you, your ears, that you hear these things. Thank you for the blessing to hear these things concerning the kingdom. We thank you for the open door. Thank you for your indwelling Holy Spirit, whom you have sent as our teacher. Tonight we trust the Holy Spirit, Lord, to open our eyes, that every heart will open, that every ear will open, that every eye will open. We ask that your word will come alive like never before in our lives. We thank you. We thank you. You sent your word and you healed and delivered. I ask that as we receive your word, those who have need of healing will be healed. And your deliverance will break forth upon us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's appreciate the Lord as we take our seats. Amen. Wow. I'd like to thank God for this great opportunity to be here. I'd like to thank Reverend Dennis, his wife, and his team for the opportunity. It's a great blessing. I deeply appreciate it. Amen. And tonight I came with um, our keyboardist Prince and then Mrs. Pebby, who is married to one of our pastors. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Wow. Tonight I want to share something very important that has personally, I've personally been transformed and blessed by this revelation from the Lord in his word. Hallelujah. Wow. Please, shall we open to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. From verse 3. I think I'll read to verse 5. He said, If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Amen. You know, every one of us in Christ have tasted of His grace. Because we are saved by grace. And the Bible is saying that if you have tasted of the grace of God, you know, grace should have a certain impact. Grace must yield a certain result in your life. 
You know, that's why Paul said, I do not receive the grace of God in vain. That means grace accomplishes a certain work in your life. So when we taste of the grace of God that brings us into salvation, it's not the end of the work of grace in our lives. The Bible said in verse 4, talking about Jesus, He said, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of man, but chosen of God and precious. Hallelujah. Verse 5, He said, ye also. You see, ye also means that He is beginning to compare us in the same um, um, you know what, what, what he's talking about in verse 4 That Jesus Christ As a living stone Disallowed indeed of men But chosen of God and precious So he's talking about the same thing That we also As lively stones Are built Up a spiritual house A holy priesthood To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, when we taste of the grace of God, grace accomplishes a certain work in our lives. So many Christians have received grace, you know, and they have almost become like ordinary people. They just go and come like unbelievers, wake up in the morning, go to work, come back home, marry, have children, their children grow up, you know, and it's almost like our lives are like unbelievers. Like Paul said in Romans 12, he was talking to brethren, but he said, be not conformed to this world. Now, the Bible is saying that you must see yourself, grace accomplishing a certain work in your life, you know, the same work that was accomplished in Christ. So he said that you also, you are a lively stone. And grace is accomplishing this work in your life. Please follow me. Grace is building you up into a spiritual house. Yeah. You know... Many believers do not become a spiritual house where God can receive spiritual sacrifices that please and honor Him. And that's what grace does. But there's something in the middle I want us to, to watch. You see, when you become a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices, you can take your mind back to the Old Testament. Who were those who were doing those kind of jobs? The priests, the Levites. You know, in the New Testament, in Christ, every believer is a priest. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, when you taste of the grace of God, grace is accomplishing a certain work in your life. Building you up into a spiritual house to bring you into a certain holy priesthood. But Reverend Dennis, 
meditating on the, the word of God some months ago, the Lord said to me in my heart, He said, many Christians die without scratching their priestly ministry. They don't even scratch it. They are priestly ministries. You have a priestly ministry in Christ. Yes. And that is what grace accomplishes. You know, it is not enough to be a good Christian, build a great business, have a tough children, raise them up in a godly way, you know, and all that. I mean, what about your priestly ministry that goes beyond just paying salaries, that goes beyond just sending your children to school, hallelujah, you know, Making you a spiritual house whose responsibility is to draw people to Jesus and establish people in Christ. That's your, that's your priestly ministry. And you see, because of the nature of the world in which we live in and the materialism that has gripped and overtaking the church, many believers have been deceived to believe, and I know it's not like that here for teaching, that's what I'm talking about. Many Christians have been deceived to believe that the calling into ministry is for a certain people. A certain people. And several times you hear people saying, you know, I am not called into the ministry. You know, I am just called um, as a businessman. I'm just called as a teacher. It sounds very nice. And, ah, I don't know if I can say this. Yeah, you know, it sounds very nice and acceptable to the mind. That, oh, you see, you may not necessarily be called as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. Those are fivefold ministries. And God sets such in the church. You can't appoint yourself as an apostle. But, you know, the ministry is not the preserve of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I know you keep hearing this. Every believer is called into ministry. Every believer. And I've said this here before when I came. So I want you to see this. I want you to see this. You are a doctor. You are a businessman. You have tasted of the grace of God. The Bible is saying that grace is accomplishing a work in your life. Grace wants to release a priestly ministry in you. That's what grace is building you up to. Because you are a priest in Christ. You are a priest. You are a priest. And you, you need to get it. You need to accept it. You know? And don't hide behind, oh, I'm not called. I'm not this. Anybody who says as a New Testament believer that I am not called into ministry has not fully understood grace. Because when Paul was talking about the change of the priesthood, he said that because Jesus Christ did not come from Levi, but he sprang from Judah, he said the change of the priesthood necessitated the change also of the law. 
So in the New Testament, there is, it's not just a selected group of people like the Levites who are called into ministry because there's a change of the priesthood. And every believer in the New Testament is a priest. In fact, that's why he tore the veil into two. Because before the veil was torn into two, if you are not a priest or a high priest, you don't go near but the blood of Jesus has given us access into the priestly ministry. And that's where we are now. We are priests. And grace is building us up. You see, when you are in Christ, potentially, you are everything that is an inheritance for you in Christ. But God builds you up into it. That is experience. So potentially, potentially you are healed. Because by his stripes, you were healed. Okay? But the Holy Ghost brings you into the revelation of your state of health in Christ so that you can experience it. Now, this is what grace does. When you come into Christ, you are a priest. But God is building you up. God, God wants to see you growing up into a priestly ministry. Where you can draw people and establish people in Christ. And, and Reverend Dennis, this is very sad. You see, we have a lot of Christians. But there are many Christians who don't know how to win souls and disciple them. They don't, they don't know how to win souls and disciple them and establish them in the faith. But they are very nice Christians. Because many have not come to the place of accepting that they have a priestly ministry. Hallelujah. You know, and this is what the Lord really showed me that shook me to my feet. I mean, to my bones. Shook me. You know, in Christ, we are kings and priests. You know, when you look into the charismatic circles, I'm sorry to say, you realize that it appears like we are focusing only on the kingly side of people. We are raising them to be financial giants. We are raising them to know how to dominate demons and all that, you know. And we are raising them to become wealthy, well-established, take over in the community, take over in, 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 in the economy, take over everywhere. But you know, the Bible didn't say that some people are kings and some are priests. The same person who is a king is a priest. So as you are as you are operating in the kingly ministry, you are taking over in your career, taking over in your business. What about your priestly ministry? Because you are a king and a priest in Christ. You are not just a king. And, and one thing that broke my heart, which the Lord was ministering to me, is that amazingly, many of us don't realize that the side of the kingly, you know, privileges that we have in Christ that we are focusing on, they are merely earthly things. Yeah, you see, there is a way to live as a priest that brings you into lasting kingship. That one, you receive a crown of glory that never fades away. Can you imagine a king wearing a crown that never fades away? And and that is what we have neglected. I want us to open to Revelation 1, the book of Revelation, chapter 1. I don't know if I'm speaking to somebody here, but I pray that you get it in Jesus' name. Revelation 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, 
who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That is grace. That's a picture of grace. Hallelujah. Now, what does grace do in our lives? Verse 6. And has made us kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Please, I want you to place your hand on your chest and say, I am a king and a priest. Wow. That's who you are. That's who you are. You are a priest. You know, and how we have turned the thing in the charismatic circles now, it's like the kingly side of the person is more important. But I took my time and studied the life of Jesus. And I realized that Jesus came into his kingship by focusing more on his priestly ministry. He said, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So, the key, the key to a lasting kingly grace is the priestly side of it. I'm telling you, that, that's the key. That's what the Bible said. That How do we reign with him? He said, if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. You know, but we want to reign, but we don't want to suffer. And the suffering there, you know, it's not, you know, it's not talking about suffering, sickness, or curses. No. Those things have been dealt with in Christ. However, sometimes in serving the Lord, you may face this challenge because Satan comes against you with them. But really, that's not the suffering he's talking about. He's talking about the self-denials, the ostracizations, the stand you have to take against the odds to establish and advance the kingdom of God. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. And that is the key to a lasting kingly life. Yeah. Oh. Today we are just raising kings. And we talk about it, you know, how, how this person, you know, we just, we get so excited when we say, oh, this guy, or oh, this member of my church, he owns that that estate all over the place, you know, 200 acres of estate. You know, that, it's like the guy is really dominating. But he cannot win a soul and establish him in Christ. Not with all his money. With all his money and his open doors and the platforms God has given him. The influence. Men of power listen to him. But he has neglected his priestly ministry. That's what the Bible said. He gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So it appears to me that when Christ gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, and teachers, he told us to focus on the priestly side of the saints and release them into their ministries and every other thing will follow. But we've turned it around. Today we have more business seminars and forums about money and worldly earthly things more than missions, soul winning, and raising people into their priestly ministries. 
But you see, in heaven, we are not going to fight demons. Dominating demons is just for here. In heaven, we are not taking any house there. Building houses is just for fun. One man went to heaven and they showed him. He said, look, come. He said, you people talk about gold. He said, come. Let me show you gold. He said, what do people call gold? It's sand. We don't value it. So, everything we are dying for here that is being celebrated. As you know, of course, our inheritance in Christ. He died to give us riches, honor, and glory, and all that. You know, it's good. But I want you to understand that the, the most dangerous side of that, focusing on that side alone, you know, that imbalance, is that you are living your life on things that will not transcend this life. Nobody is going to go with even a break when you die. That's one thing you need to know. You know, of course, when you manifest all those things and then you use it to advance the kingdom of God as a Christian, it brings glory to Him. But that alone in itself is not an enduring life to live. Hallelujah. Ha. Ah. You see, you are a priest. More importantly to God is your priestly ministry. You, you need to know, you need to, you see, you need to accept it. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, he didn't say apostles, prophets, no, no, no. He said, if any man will come after me, he said, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So, in this journey, there should be one thing you, 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 we should see you carrying, a cross. If you are following Jesus, we should see a cross. You must be carrying a cross. And what is the cross? Is it to die again? No. It is taking upon you the ministry of reconciling and establishing people in Christ. That's the cross. And Jesus says, everybody who comes after him must have a cross. Must be carrying a cross. That means you are a priest like Jesus. Because who carried the cross? Jesus. That's what First Peter just said. He said, ye also as lively stones. You are being built up into a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Which are acceptable to God. Praise the Lord. So please, I want you to understand. That your call, I mean the call that... We are making to you always. I know your pastor never stops saying this. You know, that call to you to, 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 to realize and to operate in your priestly ministry is, is a life that is acceptable to God. And it's a life that will give you a future in eternity. It will give you a future in eternity. A future in eternity. The last time I came, I said this, and I'm saying it again. There is not a single human being who will be given a special reward in heaven for being a chief accountant. Nothing. It doesn't matter. You see, the church must tell, we need to tell ourselves the truth. All these things are earthly. What will you be, as a chief accountant, what will heaven reward you for? Your intent. You had so many opportunities to manipulate figures and steal, but you didn't because of Christ. Heaven will reward you for that. But that position alone is not recognized by heaven. There's nobody who will go to heaven, president of World Bank. Then they said that is a seat for him. It's not respected in heaven. So we need to realize it. It's not respected. Who are those who are respected in heaven? Look, and the Bible was trying to teach us. He said, count them worthy of double honor. 
Those who labor in the word and God, the things heaven respects is ministry. You see, your priestly ministry and your fellowship with God, it matters to him more than anything. That's why he said, sacrifices and offerings thou wouldest not. Ha! Huh. But, uh, but a body has thou prepared. God wants you more as a living sacrifice than your offering. That's what he wants. So, you are a priest. That's what I want my, the message to accomplish tonight. Everybody must begin to ask yourself, have I even taken the first step into my priestly ministry? How is my life like? Oh, I'm doing well in career. I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. I'm doing well in school. But what about my priestly ministry? How am I preparing myself or how am I living my life in a way that positions me to draw and establish people in Christ? That's your priestly ministry. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lord. So he has made us kings and priests. Hallelujah. Now the same scripture can be found in Revelation 5. Amen. Are you blessed tonight? Revelation 5 verse 8 to 10. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain. And has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. That is grace. But what does grace accomplish in your life? And has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. So we, we, must, we must demonstrate this on the earth as we are on our way into eternity. Hallelujah. There's a scripture I'm sure you know because I, I know it will be a popular scripture here. Blessed are those who die in the Lord. He said, from henceforth, they shall cease from all their labors. Amen. He said, and their works do follow them. Please, I want to ask you, be very honest with yourself. Their works do follow them. What works was he talking about? Your work at Standard Chartered Bank? Will it follow you? Even sometimes, two years after you leave, they are forgotten about you. <laughs> those, those things are earthly. No, no, a house doesn't follow anybody anywhere. But it's not wrong to have to be an estate developer. I'm not saying that. You see, but I'm saying that if you just live as a king on the earth, neglecting your priestly ministry, you go to heaven and realize that you are not a king at all. You are not a king at all. There's no, there's no crown for your head. Nothing. Meanwhile, when you were here, everybody was bowing to you. But there, the king of kings himself is there. <laughs> the king of kings himself. He determines who is king, who sits on which throne. He determines that. He determines that. 
Their works do follow them. So if you want to understand, you can go to 1 Corinthians 15, 58. He said, now, what, what, what he said? He said, therefore, my beloved brethren. Now, if you want to understand that scripture very well, you can begin from earlier verses when Paul talks about how we will be absent from this body to be present to the law. You see, with the law. Many Christians don't know that one day you will come out of this body. And so, verse 58, I think, I think it will help us to read for maybe verse... A minute, please. Um, let me see. Maybe verse 51 will help us. Let's read from verse 51 and see why Paul said that in verse 58. He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Okay, so not all of us will die. Christ will come at a time when some believers will be alive and they will be changed. Now, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Verse 54, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? You know, Paul is talking about the certainty of life after death, whether you like it or not. And because of that, he's going to give you a counsel how to live your life. Because whether you like it or not, this corruptible must put on incorruptible. Hallelujah. He said, verse 56, verse 56, he said, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. 57, he said, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus. In other words, death is destroyed in Christ. But he's also talking about, you know, Physical death that transcends into um, life after death. Or, if you don't die physically, you will be changed. So, corruptible will put on incorruption. So, he says, therefore, therefore. Because you will not live here forever. Because your house cannot take you anywhere. Because your position will not necessarily transcend into a, translate into a position in heaven. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable. Please listen to this counsel of Paul. He said, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because... What, why is he saying that? He said, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the law. So, what works will follow you? What is, what, which labor will not be in vain? Will not be forgotten? Which labor? The, the labor of the work of the Lord. Please, I don't know whether you are getting it. This is the labor that will not be in vain, though. You see, it's very up. Nowadays, when you cry this out in the charismatic church, it's like people say, oh, they will leave your church. Because they will go to a place where they will just talk to them about their material life. But I'm telling you, this corruptible will put on incorruption. So he said, be steadfast. Always abound in the work of the Lord. Always. Always. Always give yourself to soul winning and establishing people in Christ. Always, 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 always. Because this corruptible will put on incorruption. No matter how you are celebrated here on earth, 
this corruptible will put on in corruption. But there is a labor that will never be in vain. It is the labor of the work of the Lord. That one will never be in vain. That one will never be forgotten. He said, God is not unrighteous to forget that kind of labor. God is not unrighteous. Oh, my auntie is even angry. You work for, she worked for 40 something years. And what they gave her at Snates for after she retired, she was so angry. She was so angry. It's, it's like, oh, this labor, 40 something years of labor. This is what they are giving me. So men are unrighteous. They will forget your labor. But God is not unrighteous. He will never forget your labor. He will never. He will never. So 1 Corinthians 15, 58 is one of the greatest counsels in the word of God. If you take it and live your life by it, you will never be found wanting in the presence of Elohim. Because your labor will speak for you in his presence. Your labor will speak for you. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Don't change your mind about this. Unmovable. There are many winds blowing in the church world. He said, but be unshaken. Give yourself to the work of the Lord. Because it will never be in vain. 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 Paul said, now there is laid up for me a crown of glory that will never fade away. That will never fade away. That is real kinship. I've never seen a crown on this earth or a golden ring or whatever. That doesn't fade away. You have to polish it after some time. But there is a crown. It never fades. It never, it never dims in its glow. Oh, hallelujah. And it is put on the heads of those who fight this good fight and give themselves to the work of the law. It's a crown of glory. It never fades away. It never fades away. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. He said, if we deny him, he will deny us. And what denial is he talking about? What denial? Talking about denying his word. He said, those of us will be ashamed of me and of my words. We can't just, sometimes we can't just open our mouth and tell people about the finished work of Christ. What he did. What breaks my heart is, people who say we are, we are apostles, prophets. Some of us have been called into the fivefold. And it amazes me as I interact with some of them. I wonder what their vision is. I don't know what they are looking for. Sometimes I wonder whether it was really Jesus who called them. Because it's a serious thing. That a man cannot give himself to the vision of Christ. And yet he says he's serving him. It's a, it's a serious thing. You can't encounter Jesus and not be a soul winner. I'm telling you. Anybody who follows Jesus and is not carrying a cross, ask him who is following. Ask him again. And, and you, need to, you need to begin to question yourself who you are really following. Because he said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. So if you don't end up as a fisher of man, you must, you must stop in the middle of the way and ask yourself, who am I following? Because the one, Jesus says, if I follow him, I'll become a fisher of man. Now, there are people who are following all kinds of things. They are only being made into all kinds of things and no soul winning. And, and no soul winners. And they are still following are you following Jesus or you are following something earthly? Which is the question they need to ask. 
But we thank God for our leaders of this house. The leaders of this house. Oh, it's awesome. Please, I just came as your son, a pastor. I want to encourage you to give yourself. You may be a CEO. You may be a big man somewhere. A big woman somewhere. Please. That's what the Bible says. Charge them that are rich in this world. That they be not high minded. Don't let it enter your head. Because it is only for here. There is a place you must live for. Amen and amen. So he said, don't let it enter your head. No, 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 no. It must not enter your head. Lest you die one day and realize that you don't matter at all. Yes. You don't matter at all. You'll be, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. A man had a vision and went to heaven. It was a near-death experience, actually. And then, I think I've said this story here before. And then they asked him, you, you may know the man, because it's not a secret. And then they asked him, who do you know here? He said, all of a sudden, the names of great people who live very flamboyant lives, even ministers of the gospel, were flashing into his head. Then all of a sudden, a certain man, an elder he knew, his name just came into his head in heaven, in the presence of the angels. And this man gave himself to just touching lives. It was this man who even discipled him in one way or another. And then he said, he mentioned the name of this man, Elder so and so. The moment he mentioned it, all the angels got up. You see, heaven, what we think heaven respects, that's not what they respect. I'm telling you. And then they told him, if you had mentioned any other name, that would have been the end of your journey. We would have sent you back. That's what they told him. We would have sent you back. He was shocked. Because he thought these guys were great and mighty. He thought that they were great and mighty. I never saw where Apostle Paul boasted about you just read his letters. You will be amazed the people he tells the church to honor. Those who have hazarded their lives. Those who have labored for this thing. He spoke about Epaphras. He said the man who even risked his life for this work of the gospel. He said hold such men in reputation. Honor such men. This is the main thing. The work of saving souls and establishing them in the kingdom of God. You must give yourself to it. You must give yourself to it. I'll finish with this. Tomorrow I'd like to share about one or two keys that will help you to be a soul winner. Practically. The reason why many Christians don't win souls is not that they don't know, but there's something they don't do. And tomorrow that's what I want to share. But I want to finish with this. Have you been blessed tonight? Hallelujah. I'd like to finish with this. Thank you, Lord. We honor you. Amen. Titus chapter 2. From verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Please, if you don't mind, tell your neighbor... It is not enough to receive grace. Tell the person, let grace release you into your priestly ministry. Oh, that's powerful. 
He said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 14. Please never forget this. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people. So, there should be a certain peculiarity with us. You see, to be peculiar is to be what? Unique. Is to be special. To be different in a way. People of God, there should be a certain peculiarity about those who have been redeemed. You see, this is the word of God though. And when I, when, you see, as you can see it, the question is, do we possess this peculiarity? He says that we should be zealous. This is our peculiarity. He purified unto himself a peculiar people. What is their peculiarity? They should be zealous of good works. Now, when we talk about good works, people immediately think about just humanitarian services. Of giving clothes and food, which is important. But we need to ask ourselves, what is the main good work? How will you interpret this scripture? You look at the life of Jesus. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38. The Bible said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Who went about doing good. Now, what did the Bible say Jesus went about doing? The Bible said he went about all the cities and villages preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. That is the main good work. And the Bible said we should not be like a basical about it. We should be a certain people who are zealous of soul winning. That should be our peculiarity. But today you look into the church and that is what we struggle with. It is like our peculiarity is that we are zealous of worldly things. There are people who go all out to sign a contract. There are people who go all out never to miss an important business meeting. But they are not that daring and unflinching about soul winning. But your peculiarity, child of God, is to be zealous of good works. That means if I meet you as a redeemed person, I should immediately recognize something about you. That you are burning with passion to see the lost saved and established in Christ. Hallelujah. Let's be on our feet. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. And tonight... We have some, we have a few minutes. I want you to pray. You are going to pray to God that this peculiarity will be seen in your life. Because I know myself and you know yourself. How much passion do you have in you to talk to someone about Jesus? Do you even do it at all? When was the last time you spoke to someone about Jesus? How many people now are in your life? I'm not asking you how many people you are paying. 
at the end of the month. I know you pay the salary of about 20 people. But I'm asking you, how many people are you discipling? That you have about these five people. I've brought them to Christ. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that they will be established in Christ. How many people are you discipling? And I want us to pray for ourselves. Reverend Dennis, I don't know if I shared this with you. Not too long ago, I went to wait upon the Lord. And this is about the fourth or fifth time I had such a throne room encounter. I think I've shared the first time it happened when I was a student on campus. Where a burden and a mantle from heaven fell upon me and I broke into tears. I was coming to the end of waiting upon the Lord. The last day I was just thanking the Lord, I was leaving that afternoon. All of a sudden... That same thing happens. It's, it's almost like somebody throws something upon me. And then I break into uncontrollable tears. And then mostly what I say is the heart of God. The first time it happened to me, I was a student. I think a third year student on Legon campus. I, came, I was coming from the Miracle Center. And then when I got to Volta Car Park, somebody threw something. I didn't know, like a mantle. When it fell on me, I just broke into tears. Oh Lord, be merciful. And everybody I was seeing, walking around, I saw their state without Christ. And I was just weeping. Lord. So this last night, I mean this last day, I was just thanking the Lord. And then that thing happened again. The thing just fell on me. And I started crying. And what I was saying, I said, Lord. I said, Lord, why are we so selfish? That was what I was saying. I was just crying. Lord, why do we only think about ourselves? Why do we never consider your suffering on the cross? That's, those were the things. And I was just crying. And those were not like words I was calling out. It was the heartbeat of Jesus. And tonight I want you to pray. He said, I have redeemed you and made you a peculiar people. Lord, let this peculiarity be seen in my life. That I am zealous of good works. Not to impress people, no. But to impress my Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. But before we pray, maybe you are here. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. We'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You are here tonight, please. Shortly, we would like to pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I'm doing this because the last time Reverend Dennis gave me an opportunity to do it. Thank you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, please lift your right hand wherever you are. Maybe someone invited you to church. Or maybe you have been coming for some time. But you know, you know that you have not really surrendered your life to Jesus. And you are saying, tonight... Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. Just lift your right hand and I will pray with you. Hallelujah. Please, we just want to spend about five minutes in prayer. I want you to talk to God. Lord, I'm a king and a priest. For so many years, I've been living like a king. I want to enter my priestly ministry. Lord, let this peculiarity be seen in my life. That I am redeemed to be zealous of good works. Please talk to the Lord right now. Talk to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. Pandorobo shikaba hindala bashota prede vere kete boro 
Boshida Lamadis. Amando Koboro do Loboshita Lamade Vrede Lekesida. Hey, Mele Cobra Dila Bashato Balende. Brodo Veri Kete Lemo Shandalamande Kita Lamandos. Andalababeri Koshanda Peri Veri Kito Malis. Please talk to the Lord from the depths of your heart. Imana Bere Kete Meri Hosha. Paranabali Kloshedemende Veris. Indala Koshada Labradis. Indala Maso Kobere Tea. Lord, I don't want to only live as a king and neglect my priestly ministry. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus. Bora Katila Masha. Handobo Kele Vereshida. Perene Meko Tamalende Bede. Indorobo Koshida. Pele Rene Borike Teme. Handobo Kita. Panda Crescendo. Pranevere Kita. Prenevere pour out your soul before God pour out your soul before God you want a certain baptism of this passion a certain baptism of this zeal to be zealous of good works to come upon you pour out your soul before God Hondo Bokia, Abalato Shede, Ikalamato Brade, Hondo Bokina Masaya, Ende Hindo, Andali Makobe, Falani Krasida, Prenebre de Krosida, E Malanto Balike, Prendevere Kene Mosa, Andele Nemondo, Hindalamasa. Yes, Lord, tonight, baptize me with that passion, baptize me with that zeal. Let me operate with this peculiarity. I don't want to live my life without this peculiarity. I want to be a peculiar person. Zealous of good works. Burning with passion to see the Lord saved and established in the faith. Andolobosia, e makate, kolobodo shedeleme, ondolobosha, endelemeri, indabakoba, radabarado shere, predeveri kotaramatia, ramadobro korebere shidelemeros, indalamashaya. Finally, I want you to pray. You are telling God, I open up my life. Let grace accomplish this work in my life. I have tasted of the grace for salvation. But Lord, today, I am submitting myself that grace will also build me up into a holy priesthood, into a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices which are acceptable to you. Lord, I give you opportunity. I give you my life. Let grace accomplish this work in my life. Please open your mouth and talk to God. Father, we pray tonight. That grace will not be in vain in our lives. 
Grace has brought us into salvation. We pray tonight that grace will bring us into our priestly ministries. We submit ourselves. We yield unto this work of grace. We yield unto this work of grace. We yield unto this work of grace. Hallelujah. As I bring the service, as I bring my message to a close, I want to share this vision with you. The Lord opened my eyes, Reverend Dennis, right now. I saw in the spirit, I saw many people, they used to wear certain coats. And then I saw that these coats have been hanged in something like wardrobes. And the Lord said to me, there are people here, you have testimonies of these things in your past. When you used to be in the SU, when you used to be a young Christian. But as you grew, you put that grace and that mantle aside. But tonight, I want you to pray for a revival in your life. For the next 30 seconds, just talk to the Lord. You know yourself. I just saw it and I know what the Lord is saying. That this thing has been, has been hanged for many years. You used to be zealous. You used to be a soul winner. You used to talk to people about Jesus. And now you have hanged that coat. You have hanged that mantle. But talk to the Lord now and ask Him for a restoration. Ask Him for a revival in your life. In the name of Jesus. Lord, bring that restoration. Lord, bring that revival in our lives, oh God. We are not supposed to be zealous only in our youthful years. We are not supposed to be zealous only for a time, but for a lifetime. I pray tonight that every one of us who have hung our mantles and the graces that you put on us, that tonight there will be a restoration, a revival, a renewal, a rebirth of passion and, re- and fire for souls in our hearts. Oh God, bring back the ancient fires in our hearts once more. Our first love, oh God. For we remember from where we have fallen. And tonight we return unto our first love. We give you praise and glory and honor and adoration. I think at this point I will just ask you to lift your hands. As you can see the Holy Spirit ministry to people. Just open your heart. I don't know what he wants to do. As we close, just open your heart for a few seconds. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our lives. Yes. 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 Yes, Lord. We thank you. We honor you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.